0: Mark Wahlberg es el número uno en Chevy en todo Columbus, con dos ubicaciones. Nuestra tienda principal en Broad Street y la más reciente en Worthington. Puede elegir entre miles de autos nuevos y de uso, todos a precios mínimos. Si busca un carro, camioneta o SUV, compre el Chevy que desea al precio que le guste. Con nuestro personal que habla español, aquí en la Chevrolet de Mark Wahlberg. Busque la mejor oferta en markwahlbergchevy.com.
1: Ten for $10 is back at Meyer. Get more for your money this week when you buy ten items for just $10 and get the 11th free. Shop groceries like Meyer pretzels, Chobani Greek single-serve yogurt, star tuna, Bush's beans, and Meyer facial tissue. All ten for $10, get the 11th free. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices whether you shop in-store or online. There's so much to save on, and it's all in one place. Meyer, Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app.
2: And welcome to another week here in the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you on our, one of our very maiden voyages as we keep growing with the Simul TV television network and their radio network and across and around the world on the X-Zone Broadcast Network and the X-Zone TV channel. If you'd like to send us an email, it's Exxon at x-zone radio TV.com on all social media sites, x Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for our programming on the Exxon TV channel on Simultv, visit www.simultv.com. Exonation Nation, uh, this hour, we're going back in time. We're going to January the 8th, 2008, and we're going to be talking about something that happened in Stevensville. Now, it was January the 8th, as I said, and, the, and um, what was that speed-shifting, color-morphing UFO that mystified hundreds of eyewitnesses around Stevensville on January the 8th, 2008? Was it an optical illusion? Secret military operations? Alien spaceships? The questions still remain. My guest this hour is Ken Cherry. He is the Texas State Director for MUFON. He organized the collection of over 50 reports from witnesses to UFOs in the Stevensville area. Some related to the Stevensville sighting on that date of January the 8th, 2008, and some unrelated. Witnesses gathered at the Rotary Club in Dublin, Texas on January the 19th, 2008, accompanied by hundreds of journalists and interested citizens. And Ken is uh, heading up the investigation into these sightings. And Ken, welcome back to the Zone.
1: Well, thank you, Rob. Glad to be here.
2: All right, Ken, so take our listeners back to that, that night of January the 8th, 2008, and, and, and tell us what happened.
1: The original report came in from a uh, local businessman and um, <clears throat> private pilot, uh, Steve Allen, who mm-hmm. was out one evening on his property with a couple of friends, it was around six o'clock in the evening, and um, uh, they uh, witnessed uh, in the sky something that uh, just was incredible. Uh, Steve <coughs> uh, described this craft that he saw, uh, about a quarter mile wide and a mile long, <laughs> traveling at uh, approximately two thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the two people that were with them, um, the uh, pr- pr- uh, one of them actually was um, uh, a long-term uh, American Airlines uh, employee who was very familiar with all types of aircraft and uh, also confirmed uh, what uh, Steve had reported and that she had never seen anything like this in all of her career. So they were standing there in, amaz- <laughs> in amazement <laughs> discussing, what was this we just saw mm-hmm. just it. In- and then a few minutes later, the thing comes back around, and this time it was being chased by a number of uh, F-16 jets. The, um, uh, the witnesses said that at some point it looked like the UFO said, well, I've had enough of this. It just accelerated at such an incredible speed that it just made the jets look like they were standing still even though they were on afterburners. So... Um, Uh, Steve, um, uh, again, as a private pilot, uh, knew how long it had taken him to fly across that same distance on the horizon, and that's where he uh, guesstimated his speed of 2,000 miles an hour for the craft. But at any rate, um, a couple days later, he went into the uh, small town of uh, Stephenville, Texas, which is pretty well centrally located in Texas. It's... uh, a rural community of under 20,000 population. Uh, the whole county, um, the primary uh, industry is uh, dairy farming. Right. So it gives you an idea. Sure. Uh, there, there, there is a small commu- uh, college there. But at any rate, he went into the uh, local paper and mm-hmm. sat down with um, a part-time reporter there, uh, uh, Angelia Joyner, and. It told her what he had seen, and Steve had um, you know, a great deal of respect in and, um, and the community, and so they took his uh, story seriously and printed it. Um, the day that that came out, I received a, um, a call from Angela K. Brown, who was an AP reporter I'd worked with a number of times, and um, she asked me about the sighting, was it credible? uh what did we plan to do about it as uh as an organization and uh, i i told her yes we had received quite a few reports from credible folks and actually over about a three-county area so once you put that out on the ap wires of course it went international and uh the 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 feedback i mean the the was just absolutely amazing Uh, the interest came in from all over the world and so uh we had so many uh, witnesses uh, calling after that uh, my name and number Mm -hmm. were in the newspapers and media and so the only way we could actually uh, deal with that many witnesses was to uh, uh, get this rotary club location there in dublin and uh, by the time we got there uh the place was just packed with media from as far away as Japan and Europe and uh New York and California so so there was a uh, there was an amazing amount of interest in this story but um anyway i can go into some of the witness accounts but uh, i think at that point that is really a, a, uh, had a major impact on our investigation with so much interest from the public and from the media for, for months after that. It didn't really wane in a few days like, uh, like the military had hoped it would.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, now, what is the final result of an investigation that was done by the government as, uh, as to what happened in Stevensville and what was actually seen?
1: Well, uh, there is uh, a—actually, Stephenville is right in the uh, epicenter of a number of Mm -hmm. large military bases. As a matter of fact, the largest military base in the world is uh, located within a few miles, and then there's a a joint uh, naval air base uh, nearby. And uh, their official disclaimer was that there were no— uh, sightings on their radar of any unusual objects and no, they didn't have any F-16s in the area that evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was their official ex- explanation until we were able to obtain radar um, uh, proof that the F-16s were there and that there was a very large object in the area at the time that Steve Allen and other witnesses reported it. Uh, uh, they They also tried another Explanation that uh, what people were seeing uh, had seen was uh, two large uh, uh, airliners that were in close proximity, and that they created <laughs> an optical illusion. Of course, uh, the fact that the people were reporting from three different counties around seeing the same object and describing it in the same manner uh, blows the theory of uh, you know one angle mm-hmm. creating. Uh, an optical del- illusion right so no we never got anything but obfuscation from the military mm-hmm. they, they you know it was deny 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 even though we had the proof they did come out later and fess up that they had aircraft and but they were just out training and we just forgot about them so <laughs> right um you said you, you
2: said you had proof what kind of proof did you have
1: We conducted, um, one thing that the public is not aware of is that this uh, uh, unidentified object came back numerous times uh, over the course of the entire year, Mm -hmm. and um, it was viewed by many, many credible witnesses. Um,
2: Were there any photos taken of it?
1: No, uh, there weren't any photos. There were people who purported to uh, have photos that we that we looked at. Um, there was one case that was really blown up by the local uh, newspaper and by the local reporter. Uh, a, um, a Ricky Sorrels uh, claimed to have uh, viewed one over his property through the. Uh, um, uh, scope on himself. All right, Ken,
2: we're going to have to do a bit of a cliffhanger here. I've got to take a commercial break. Exxon Nation, Ken Cherry's our guest. The website to visit is MUFON.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton on TV. And um, we're going to continue talking about the Stevensville UFO with Ken. So don't go anywhere tv.com is our website, Exxon, let me see, the Exxon uh, TV channel for our broadcast TV channel, and of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away. And or guest Nation, www.mufon.org. We're talking about the events of January the 8th, 2008, when something in the skies over Stevensville, Texas, caused a number of UFO reports to be filed. Apparently, the United States government uh, said at first they had no F-16s in the air, but apparently changed their, their story when it was found out, according to the government, that they did have training flights in progress. So and um, can can we, when was the first, when did the gentleman sit down with the reporter? What was the date on that again?
1: Uh, January the tenth, I believe that's when the, okay. um, the story came out. January the tenth of two thousand eight.
2: And uh, when did Mufon get their first report?
1: Well, we had been receiving a high number of reports through the month of December. Normally, that Mm -hmm. is not a very uh, active month for reports. No, no, I mean,
2: when did MUFON get the first report pertaining to the Stevensville sighting?
1: Uh, You'd have to define that, because as I said... All right, let
2: me define it. When did MUFON receive the first report of the sighting that we are talking about tonight? on January the
1: 8th. Oh, of, of Steve Allen's report. Yeah, the, uh, September the 10th was the first that I heard about it.
2: Okay, but when did Steve Allen file his report after the main sighting?
1: Uh, he saw it on the 8th. I believe he came in on like the 9th, and it was printed on the 10th. And uh, I heard about it uh, almost immediately at that point. But uh, we were already sending a team down there to investigate, as I said, because we already had quite a few reports from that area. So Steve was just one of quite a few credible witnesses. I don't want to overemphasize his. That's right. The one that hit the media.
2: Oh, okay. So you had these all these witnesses who saw something in the skies. They could not understand or identify what it was. There was military traffic in the airspace all these witnesses no pictures
1: well as i was explaining uh, with uh, uh ricky soros mm-hmm. uh, he did come into our meeting and he said that he had pictures on his cell phone we took a look at them but uh, they it could have been the sun you know shining through the clouds it was there were just no um, definition so there was that was uh, not uh, something that we could base anything on uh there was another case, uh, a, uh, David Caron was a gentleman there who claimed to have video of this uh, UFO mm-hmm. that he had taken from his front porch, and it made quite a splash. It was on all the media, you know, locally, n- nationally, and uh, so forth, and was up, uh, I think, Linda Mountain Howe got a copy of it and put it on her site and claimed that these hieroglyphic, color-changing type symbols that... Uh, were purportedly this UFO were alien attempts to uh, communicate with us. But uh, we were able to um, actually ended up having to purchase the uh, camera and the video uh, from Mr. Corona to go out and do an investigation and determine that what this was was actually a shaky uh, view of the star Sirius. And uh, that got us a lot of heat because there were many, many believers uh, Everywhere who would invest a lot, uh, you know, of their own and um, you know reputations into supporting the notion that this was a UFO. Sure. Is it is so it no. normal? Is it
2: normal for for MUFON to buy video and cameras off of witnesses?
1: No, it is not. Then and why was so it done me, this time? Let me clarify this. What happened was that the UFO hunters.
2: Mm-hmm
1: offered to assist my investigation, and they brought in quite a few resources that weren't available to us through MUFON. And uh, in the course of this zoo that was taking place there in Stephenville with so many reporters in town from Mm -hmm. so many big uh, media outfits, they were offering money for uh, evidence. And so suddenly everything had a price tag on it. And since there was such a buzz about this David Caron video, the UFO hunter says, Look, he's wanting money. He they came to me on it with, with through an intermediary down there and said, I'll arrange a meeting with you, but he wants X dollars. And uh the other people were offering to pay him and so the UFO hunter says we'll pay it, you know.
2: And you're talking about the UFO hunter T V show, right?
1: Correct. Dave Pavoni and the whole V- crew. And how much did they so, pay
2: for the camera and video?
1: <laughs> I guess I could tell you now, so that because it's been long enough, mm-hmm. but it was ten grand. Okay. So, uh, but they bought exclusive rights to it, and uh, certain people had spread this around, and uh, they had to, you know, approach them all and, you know, tell them to take down <laughs> the video. But it it is the exclusive. Uh, but at any rate, uh, we had. Um, Uh, Bruce McAbee, uh, who's, um, uh, optical scientist come in and, um, he, uh, you know, checked the camera and checked the video and so Mm -hmm. forth and verified, you know, we verified that that's what it was actually, just a shaky video of, of the star series. Wow.
2: So why did you guys eat heat about that?
1: Well, the local reporter down there, uh had attracted quite a following by printing these uh, outlandish stories as she actually uh, was able to convince them to run a few. And once they got blowback on these stories and we began to, uh, uh, you know, disprove Mm -hmm. them, uh, her editor got upset with her and said, look, we're not a tabloid, so we're going to stop. But at any rate, uh, she had quite a sympathetic following at the time. And, um, uh, you know, they had invested quite a lot in believing that this was real, you know, that they they had uncovered something. And it was nonsense, as were most of the other stories that appeared. And so uh, when she was given the ultimatum to stop, you know, writing these stories, stop investigating it, or, or quit, mm-hmm. she quit, and then the whole story went out. She was fired. They were trying yep. to suppress the information. That was so the
2: conspiracy theorists had a ball.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was just amazing. Um, and there were a lot of good people who were sucked in. There was a trooper down there that had um, been a bodyguard for, I don't know, six different governors who reported seeing this UFO, and it was printed as if it was gospel because of the man's, you know, standing sure. and integrity. But anybody, uh, including a person who is a uh, part-time reporter that was a high school science teacher... Mm-hmm. Could
0: love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low kroger fresh for everyone get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card kroger fresh for everyone family it looks a little different for everyone for some it's mom and dad for others roommates who feel like family And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase. The more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Hello. Discover here. To explain our cash back match. Here's how it works.
1: Figured out from the exact coordinates that the man gave and the time that it was in alignment. Of, of My humorous.
2: goodness. So, what did this do to any, any investigation that had anything to do with the Stevensville UFO sighting?
1: It made it exceptionally difficult. Um, you know, we had so many people who were coming forward with all these bogus stories. Mm-hmm. It was like trying to, you know, uh, fight, fight our way through the jungle to get, right. you know, to the real uh, gem. Uh, the, we learned a lot from that January portion of the investigation. So whenever there was a mass sighting again in October, we did our best to keep it from the media and keep the local newspapers and everybody out of it. But, uh, uh that proved to be one of the best, uh, uh, you know, uh investigation. We had, uh, I guess the most solid, Investigation we were able to do, we came up with an 87% correlation between the witness reports, time and place, and uh, uh, our uh, radar uh, data.
2: But you still don't know. But you still don't know what it was.
1: Uh, it, no, but uh, amazingly, uh, we had uh, three police officers there who were in different locations mm-hmm. around Stephenville uh, w- w- uh, on the same shift. Right. And uh, when they came back to the uh, uh, station, I guess they're you know going through their clocking out thing, and they're talking. One of them says, you won't believe what I saw. And the other one said, no, you won't believe what
2: I saw. Go on.
1: So then the third one chimes in, and they all realize from their discussion that they have seen the mm-hmm. same thing, and they had been concerned about reporting it because, you know, you have to be uh, expert witnesses in court and so forth and so on. It's a small community. Sure. You don't want their credibility hurt. But if, the, rate, but if the
2: three police officers saw this, wouldn't have citizens also saw this and called the police department?
1: Uh, that, I, I mean, we got so many reports, it's hard to sort out uh, that timeline of... Well, the, wouldn't
2: a simple call to the police station saying, did you receive any reports of an, un, of an unknown object in the sky between, let's say, 8 o'clock at night and uh, 10 o'clock at night on January the 8th, 20, uh, 2008?
1: <laughs> you know, Rob, I'm sure that happened. Uh, because the uh, sheriff's department Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the police department were inundated with calls from people saying, what the heck is this?
2: So why would the three police officers be hesitant about filing their reports?
1: Uh, Because there was uh, starting to be a circus atmosphere about this whole thing, and they didn't want to be ridiculed, you know? So if they don't uh,
2: report something like that, what else don't they report?
1: Well, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds on that. I think it's a little bit different when a, when a person uh, in blue doesn't want to say, hey, I saw a UFO while I was out there. I, I per-
2: Listen, Ken, we've got to take our news break, but I'll tell you something. As a former police officer myself, I think it's disgusting and despicable that members in blue do not report the truth of what they see. Yeah. It's either they saw well, they- it. Wait a sec. It's either they saw it or they didn't. Black and white. Right. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Exo Nation, uh, whoops, yeah, Exonation Nation. Ken Cherry is my guest this hour. We're talking about the sighting of something in the skies over Stevensville, Texas, going back to January the eighth, two thousand eight. Uh, Ken is the Texas state director from MUFON, and their website is mufon.org.
1: Um, Hey, Rob, if yeah. I could finish my thought there. Yeah, the sure. Three policemen, I yeah. appreciate that. Sure. And by the way, I'm the former uh, Texas State Director uh, at the time this okay. was, took place. But at any rate, uh, to finish my thought on mm-hmm. that, once they uh, realized all three of them had seen the same thing, they did come forward, although anonymously, so we couldn't use their names. But the one thing they did was use, um, I guess it was sort of a draftsman's uh, program or something, mm-hmm to sit down and come up with a composite, uh, picture of what they all saw that they all agreed on. Right. It, they uh, like every other witness that we had, they described this as being absolutely enormous. And I mm-hmm. mean, some of our witnesses said this thing was as big as a super Walmart. Others said, you know, it was X number of times, uh, the size of a battleship and so forth and so on. But, um, You know, one of the uh, officers said I was sitting out on this uh, road number, whatever it was, Lonely Road, with a radar gun checking for speeders. And he said everything just went quiet. You know, it was just no crickets, nothing. You know, it was just. And uh, he said, I kind of looked around and I looked up and there was this absolutely enormous craft just looming just overhead. And he said, I was just dumbfounded. I was sitting in my car. And he said, I, "I didn't want to break the silence opening of my door. I just pointed my radar gun at it, and uh, he said uh, the first uh, indication I got was like 16 miles an hour, and then boom, it was just it was gone. I mean, and it didn't even read. But um, what they all saw and reported, along with many of our witnesses, was just absolutely stunning." And, of course, you know, sometimes it takes a moment to to gather your wits mm-hmm. about some of these things. But they did come forward. We just couldn't use their – when we put them on TV or, you know, quoted them, we yeah. use their face's name. But, uh, you know, we did have a constable that came forward, and he was uh, subject to constant scrutiny by the media – and uh, there were a number of sheriffs, deputies, who wouldn't come forward. Hmm. There was a uh, city councilman, uh, the, oh, gosh, I mean, the, the, you know, the who's who of the local communities around their side. But one thing I want to uh, emphasize, these were older people. Most, all of our witnesses were not the college students there in town. As a matter of fact, I can't recall one college student. These were all what I call the gray-haired sex. So what does
2: that have to do with the sighting?
1: Well, it has to do with the credibility of the witnesses. And one of the things that makes this such an important sighting is the fact that we had so many uh, solid citizens who, you know, came forward and they they didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. They lived, you know, a, a, a county, two, three counties away in some cases. Right. And they were all saying the same thing. So that makes it extremely significant. But they I... are, they were
2: all saying the same thing, Ken, and I can understand where you're getting at, what you're getting at when it comes to the age of the witness compared to maybe some other cases that MUFON has investigated. But the but my concerns are number one, there's no photographic evidence. Number one, all these people with all these sightings that happened prior to December, uh, I'm sorry, to January, no photographs. Number two, did you say that Mufon investigated a case that that they did not advise the media about because they did not want it to be the circus that Stevensville turned out to be?
1: It was reported later, but we didn't have any obligation to go to the newspaper and say, "Hey, we're here in town investigating a case." Then why did you
2: guys go? Then why did you guys let the newspaper know and get involved with the UFO hunters and pay ten thousand dollars for a camera and video? If you know, if you're going to be choosy about what cases that you talk about openly to the media and what cases that you keep away from them.
1: Well, first of all, we didn't have anything to do with the media's involvement Mm -hmm. in any of our cases. They usually come in as a result of hearing about these things. Right, okay. So we didn't invite them in. They were a hindrance in every case uh, because, you know, reporters do not have the experience to do investigations, and they come to, you know, rash conclusions, as was uh, demonstrated time and time again there in Stephenville with the local reporter. So, no, we didn't Mm -hmm. invite them in. We don't we don't typically we've have investigated thousands of cases that we didn't invite the media or Okay you, but we but we do publish our results i mean we have there's a website and they, you know the, all of the cases uh, are public uh, So you don't <laughs> well, have to be
2: a, you don't have to be a member of Mufon pay an amount of money in order to get access to those files Uh
1: I don't know what uh, what what they do now but they used to be available online okay. so Uh, You know, this is uh, a non-profit organization that is established for the benefit of uh, mankind for, Mm -hmm. you know, the study of UFOs. So, no, they they publish their stuff. Okay, let's Uh, get...
2: So what has the final conclusion been about the alleged UFO from another planet over Stevensville?
1: Well, no one is claiming that it was from another planet. UFO just means unidentified flying object, as, as you know. Yeah. But uh, it, there was something solid there that was traveling at enormous rates of speed, that was making, uh, you know, uh, moves, mm-hmm. and turn, twists and turns and so forth that uh, are not uh, indicative of conventional aircraft. And, uh, you know, it outran yeah. our best technology at the time. It wasn't transponding. Many, many people saw it. It didn't look anything like any known craft, and it was much larger than anything. That So, you know, the only thing you can say is that there is something there that the military does not control, can't control. That or they, that uh, they're not
2: willing to admit that it's there, that they are not willing to admit that they control.
1: Yeah, Rob, we'd have to do a whole other show to get into that because my personal investigation mm-hmm. went on for well over a year past yeah. this. And part of the reason is because the opportunity that came to me as a result of this thing being in, I had three network trucks in front of my house at one time. I had the phone ringing day and night for months from reporters all over the world, from Australia, you name it. And as a result of all of that publicity I was getting, Mm -hmm. I made a number of contacts, people that contacted me that said, look, I can't talk about this because I'm under secrecy oath, but uh, you need to know this. And I talked to uh, scientists, three scientists from uh, S four from uh, Area Fifty One. I talked to NASA scientists, yeah. uh, NSA, CIA. You know, uh, Homeland Security. All right. All right. So
2: what? So what was the conclusion?
1: Well, that there is a secret program going on. You well, know? we all know that.
2: There. That's we, no we secret. We all know that. Yeah.
1: And that this was part of it, of a. A long-term disclosure program and that it was exotic technology that we have back engineered. Oh, come on, Ken.
2: You really don't believe that.
1: Of course I do.
2: Oh, come on. Come on. If that that is the case, why are we still using solid rocket propellants and why is it taking us so damn long to get to Mars?
1: Come on. That's a that's a darn good question yeah. and that's because that there are powerful people in the government who don't want the unwashed public to have access to this are, stuff. Are
2: you a conspiracy theorist?
1: No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I I you know, I have talked to people mm-hmm. that uh, are very high up in these secret programs that I believe and I've seen some of them get knocked off. So, you know, there's there's been a program going on I talked to one gentleman who uh, was who high up in the CIA. He said he was in um, a, a three-man uh, um, a council that uh, made the final uh, budget approvals for black budget projects. One year they came to him, to the three of them, and, you know, presented the budget. And he said, we're not going to sign this. This is mm-hmm. too much money. And he said, so, you know, uh, there's no oversight Nothing, we don't know where it's going. So he said, The general takes them to this enormous hangar. He, he didn't tell me where, but he said, we, They opened this hangar and went in there, and he said there were all sizes of flying saucers. And the general turns to him and said, That's where the money's going. And this was in the early 60s that this occurred. So we've had this secret space program for so long, and you think we're just flying this stuff around in the atmosphere? But listen, I called this man Uncle. I knew him you know, like a brother. I mean, you know, like an uncle.
2: You uh, did you meet him in person? Did you meet him in person?
1: Absolutely.
2: Did you see his credentials?
1: I know him. That's I not what him. I asked
2: you. Did you see his credentials?
1: Well, you know, you don't ask somebody That's... you know. But how?
2: But how do you know he just wasn't spinning a yarn?
1: <laughs> well, as you know when you get information from one person, you write that down, you know, okay? And then you get information of a similar nature from another person, another person, another source, another source. And then, you know, you have several credible people who are giving your information that triangulates, you know, uh, pretty much th- the same. And then it's called, you know, uh, additional sources. I mean, so if you get two or three sources for a story then it has some credibility and but it's hearsay
2: and it's hearsay evidence until you actually see some evidence it's hearsay
1: uh, sure okay well then you know i'm presenting um, my uh investigations as uh honestly as i can if you ask me if the, i was taken to the to see all these flying saucers i would say no but do I know this man was credible, and did I visit with him in D.C.? and Do I know who he was, and was he who he said he was? Yes.
2: We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. <music> Ben Cherry's our guest this hour, XO Nation. Uh, He is uh, the state director of MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network. Their website is www.mufon.org. And we are uh, talking about something that happened over the skies of Stevensville, Texas, going back to January the 8th in the year 2008. Nobody knows what it was. A lot of witnesses, no pictures of anything except one shaky video and one photo on a cell phone that turned out to be anything else but a UFO. According to our guest this hour, it was a media circus. And what were some of the uh, witnesses, uh, the reports that you took going to the meeting on January the 19th at the Rotary Club? What What were some of the witnesses saying?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, Rob, well, we got a moment here. Let me uh, mention that if you're interested in my book, it's uh, uh, Mark Slade Investigates the Stephenville UFO. Uh, I had to write it as a novel because uh, there were people who said, hey, I would lose my job, my career, or even mm-hmm. my life if you expose my name. So, All right. Uh, well, I'll make
2: sure that gets noticed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks. So. So uh, let's get back on to my question about what happened in the Rotary Club in Stevensville.
1: Well, we had uh, 75 witnesses or so there at the first meeting, Mm -hmm. uh, outnumbered by about uh, five to one by the media. But um, uh, we had um, a number of people who had been former military retired pilots. Uh, uh, One was actually a, a, a... A design engineer for aircraft who worked at the local, um, uh, what do you call it? Anyway, the contractor here. Uh, It used to be General Dynamics, the made aircraft. But at Mm -hmm. any rate, uh, all of these people agreed that this was a very large object that made no sound. A number of cases, uh, the people were out walking their dogs. And uh, the dog seemed to uh, be aware of it before them. Uh, uh, one case, uh, the gentleman had a, a, a very large uh, a dog uh, that uh, crawled underneath a, a pickup wow. nearby. So uh, something about this uh, must have been generating uh, some unheard, unseen type of uh, a signal, mm-hmm. at least that the animals were picking up. Um, but that was it. uh, A number of people drew drew pictures of the object, um, somewhat similar, uh, but they were all agreed in that it was large and, um, uh, silent. Now, I must say, that's not the only, the, the, the media sort of dubbed this thing as the mothership, but there were quite a few other sightings of, um, uh, sort of uh, globe type uh, things, orbs that people reported. Um, one gentleman said it was as bright as an acetylene torch, but generated no heat. It was apparently came down very close to his automobile. Uh, ex- extremely intense light, no sound, no heat. Uh, those were seen uh, by quite a number of people, uh, either singly. Uh, or in uh, groups, Uh, sometimes they would start out as one and then split into several, or several would (laughs) combine into one. So, uh, you know, I guess they call those like probes now, you know, whatever the media got into. But uh, at any rate, uh, all of those types of reports were pretty consistent. We had some interesting um, uh, witnesses there that – there was an elderly couple well up in their 80s who said, We've lived here in this area for, you know, since we were kids and married for, well, I think they were close to 60 years married. Wow. And they said, About 50 years ago, we were driving into Stephenville, you know, on our weekly trip to buy groceries and so forth, and come back to our place. It was dark. And uh, as we were pulling into our driveway, of course, it's, it no, there was no lights up there or anything. There was this incredible the bright light over the um, end of our drive, which was about a quarter mile down uh, the drive to their home. And they said, you know, the car just stopped and this thing just hovered there over our, right over us. And uh, we looked at it and said, after a moment, it shot down the driveway, hovered over our home, like, (laughs) you know, here's your house, and then took off at a 90-degree angle and then straight up, you know, once they got to a tree line, into the air, and they said, uh, you know, we couldn't go into town and tell everybody what we had seen, You know, they would say we're crazy, you know, people back then would have just laughed at us, so that was one good thing, I, or big change that I had noticed about the Stephenville events was that uh, people were much more willing to come out and talk, so I guess... Sure. I guess you would say, with all the media attention, it did have that one beneficial effect: is that uh, people. Uh, it turns out, have been seeing, uh, you know, UFOs around there for many, many years. As a matter of fact, um, the uh, local, uh, one of the local uh, city councilmen found in an archive there a story in an old newspaper. I think it was 1898 uh, of a UFO. So. Um, uh, turns out, you know, there's been activity in that area for quite a while. So I would
2: imagine that the city or the town of uh, Stevensville has, has made some money on this.
1: Oh, listen, that was uh, I. My by profession, I'm an economist and mm-hmm. a financial advisor. So one of the things that I. Would, uh, find some joy in is looking at uh, you know these stats on uh, sales <laughs> tax uh, uh, sales tax returns and so generally January is a pretty low uh, month on sales tax returns as you can imagine people have spent all their money for Christmas and so they're not really spending anything for but January sales tax for Erath county went through the roof I mean there were so many visitors there from out of town isn't that it amazing was, uh, Yeah, the uh, local high school, the kids made a t-shirt they sold. uh, I think they raised uh, $10,000 for a scholarship. Another couple said that they sold uh, t-shirts. They made uh, made $15,000 in uh, two or three weeks. So, and then you've got the
2: different businesses in town that made money, the hospitality industry, the food and beverage industry. The
1: had a sign out that says UFOs can park in there. So, it
2: almost sounds as if it's a cross between the Phoenix Lights, Close Encounters of a Third Kind, and (laughs) that the city of Stevensville wanted to do the same thing that Roswell, New Mexico does, and that's make money.
1: Uh, I would say that all the local businesses took advantage of uh, uh, the the fact that there were a lot of visitors in January when business would have normally been pretty slim, yeah.
2: So how do we know that this wasn't concocted as a publicity stunt?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think you can concoct a a solid object on radar that's traveling. I'm not
2: talking about the object. The object probably is real. It could be an experimental aircraft. Well, how do we know that the city and the media—not uh, not the international media, but the local media—Angelina Jolie, Joyner, uh, Joyner, for for example—that this right. this was just embellished in order to create business in a very dead period of town of time. It worked St- well, Be- because before this event, nobody knew of Stevensville. No one.
1: Of no nobody.
2: you know I, I understand they've got a, they've got a, uh, a statue of a cow in the center of town. <laughs> you know so this you know I, I'm telling you it's something smells very fishy in the, with this whole story. Very well, fishy. Well,
1: I was very uh, critical of the media hype involved. As a matter of fact, I had a number of uh, discussions with the editor there of the Tribune and she had just come in from San Francisco to mm-hmm. take over running of the newspaper. And once she got a hold of the situation, she called a halt to it because it didn't matter. They were selling record numbers of newspapers, but she said, "That's all. I don't care. I don't want the reputation of yeah. the newspaper sullied." And so, that's when she put her foot down. And of course, uh, Angelia and all of her followers were up in arms that she was being, you know, uh, censored. But that wasn't the case. It anyway, Ken, not- I'm
2: sorry we've run out of time for tonight and Exonation. Ken Cherry uh, is the state director for MUFON. Uh, I don't don't know what else to say about that. I still don't believe the story. I still don't. Something stinks with the whole story. All these people making claims that they saw whatever it was in the sky. And wow, what do you know? No photos. And to find out that MUFON does investigations and they are only giving the media the information that they want to give the media, that I think is despicable. I don't have a very high, high opinion of MUFON anyway. The entire way the investigation was handled, you know, if the government is doing something, big deal. We don't need to know everything the government is doing. The only people who really care about what the government is doing is, are those people who have something to hide. They're afraid the government is going to find out something that they're doing, so they want it to shut down. Too bad. It sucks to be you if that's what the real truth is. Personally, I very sleep very well at night knowing there's men and women around the world sitting in jet fighters willing to give their life for my freedom, democracy, and my way of life. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast entrance studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Sorry, Stevensville, you're a washout. I'm Rob McConnell, don't go away.